ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. Across the weekend, you may be looking for some light relief at the cinema. But how about watching a concert on the big screen? Well, lots of people who missed out on tickets to the Taylor Swift tour are doing just that, with it becoming the biggest concert film of all time. So, how did Taylor Swift become so influential she can change the GDP of a city she visits? Today, Director of the Music Industry Program at the University of Miami, Serona Elton, on what's fueling Swift mania and whether she's become just too big. Serona, we'll get into Taylor Swift's music career in a moment, but we've got to start by talking about her latest conquest, the box office. Welcome to the Eras Tour. This has been the most extraordinary experience of my entire life. Taylor Swift has just released the highest grossing concert film of all time. Please tell me about this. Yes, well, I really don't think it's a huge surprise mm-hmm. because if we look at how well the tickets sold to her tour, and from that we could see there was far more demand than there was supply, and we saw people just spending insane amounts of money to get tickets on the secondary market, I don't think it's a big surprise that so many people wanted to see this film. People would come up to me and they'd be like, you're going to just like do a show with like all the albums in it? And I was like, yeah. Although I don't think anybody could have quite anticipated just the degree of success that she'd experience. See you there. Yeah, right. It's grossed something like 92.8 million US dollars already and globally a lot more than that. I know cinemas here have been pretty packed out as well. And I also read that moviegoers are encouraged to turn the theatres into a dance stage. So that's all a bit new. Yes, it's a very different movie-going experience than your typical movie. I think, you know, reports would indicate it's a lot more of a concert-like atmosphere. You know, people are standing up yes. and dancing. It's it's not just sort of sit there, be quiet and eat your popcorn. Yes, a very different experience. Dancing around the movie theatre chairs could be uh, a little tricky anyway. (laughs) I'm sure people get around (laughs) that. Keep your feet on the ground, not on the chairs, please. (laughs) That's That's it. This is the film, obviously, as you mentioned, that you go and see when you missed out on getting a ticket. And so many people here in Australia did miss out. Thousands of disappointed Taylor Swift fans have missed out on her Australian concerts with general tickets selling out today. I've been on here since 7am. I've got zip. I've got zip. Something like 4 million people attempted to buy tickets to her tour in Australia. She's performing in Sydney and Melbourne and, you know, most of them, let's face it, missed out. So they'll Mm -hmm. have to head off to to the cinema. 
Do you have Taylor Swift tickets? Um, no, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I, I, I'm hoping to get an invite. So. Even our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, missed out on tickets. Poor him. <laughs> have you actually ever seen so much hype for a tour before? It's difficult to say because you'd really have to study, you know, every tour that's ever happened. I'd be willing to bet there mm-hmm. was probably a lot of hype around, you know, the first Beatles tour, right? Yes. But I can say certainly in, in recent times, the level of excitement for this tour is just off the meter. You know, it's it's just astronomical. And I think it speaks to just how passionate her fans are and how much, especially You know, now being in this huge tour after we all went through COVID and missed out on a lot of live music, you know, you have a combination of her dedicated fans and a lot of pent-up desire for a live concert combined that are really seeing just astronomical numbers. Absolutely. And she has... Taylor Swift, an extremely loyal, as we've mentioned, fan base. They're mostly young females, but of course, it's much broader than that as well. What is it about her music that really appeals to them, do you think? You know, it's the storytelling and how much her fans feel understood and feel connected that they're not alone in whatever it is they're going through. So for example, one of her songs called Enchanted, in it she's talking about meeting somebody and really being enchanted by them when they first meet. And she talks about all the different kinds of thoughts that run through her head, her fears, with lyrics, you know, like, please don't have somebody else waiting on you. Who hasn't gone through that? You know, who hasn't mm. met somebody and and had all kinds of those, you know, concerns running through their minds as well as just the excitement of, of being enchanted with somebody new. And so it builds this really lasting connection to her. She really is Serona moving people because I see at one of her concerts, seismic activity equivalent to a 2.3 magnitude earthquake was recorded. Isn't that amazing? It's just incredible. Okay, so now we've established just how big Taylor Swift is. Let's have a look at what's been dubbed Swiftonomics or Taylornomics, if you prefer. What is What is that? Swiftonomics offers up a case study on how supply and demand and something called price elasticity, which is very, you know, economic term, but how Mm -hmm. all these economic things work in the context of uh, something people are really passionate about, like buying a ticket to see Taylor. And and it includes looking at the knock-on effect, the economic impact that's being felt in lots of ways including things like increases in travel and tourism in cities where fans are traveling to for her shows, right? So it's not just the economic impact of the ticket sale itself, but all of the economic impact from from the shows, for example. And so it's a study of the economic impact of her professional activities, and they are having a significant and newsworthy impact. I saw that one study estimated that two swift performances in Colorado in July could actually boost GDP by $140 million. Amazing. 
It is amazing because if you've been to a big concert at a big arena, you understand all of the things that go along with that. So whether that's public transportation to get there, it's parking, it's people paying for food and drinks and, you know, going to local businesses before or after the show for dinner, perhaps. It's people flying to these cities and booking hotel rooms. And so the economic impact of an event of the scale that we're talking about really can affect the entire business district around where that concert takes place. As treasurer, will you be happy to see this Tay-Tay economic boost <laughs> next year? <laughs> Well, I'm really pleased that she's coming. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge deal. Uh, the, the reality is that Taylor Swift's coming to Sydney is fantastic for New South Wales. Many people are currently trying to get tickets. A lot of them won't do that. We hope they shake it off. And uh, none of this is really by accident, is it? She's made some pretty significant business decisions along the way, including taking a stand against music giants like Spotify and Apple Music over royalties. Yes, um, none of this is by accident. You know, ultimately, what we're seeing here is an incredibly driven, talented and smart woman having a dream of what her career could be, the impact she could have, and then making it a reality and, and taking it even beyond her own wildest dreams, right? You know, what's been really significant about her speaking out and taking a stand against music giants like Spotify and Apple Music, it's always very risky for an artist to do that. When someone with her influence says something publicly, companies cannot just ignore what she's saying, right? Yeah, so she took her music off Spotify for many years, didn't she, over artists' pay. And then she also re-recorded six of her albums. Yes, um, she did. And, you know, that was her also wanting to have complete control over a set of recordings where she and she alone get to decide how they're used. And so that was a, a strategy to take to re-record those recordings. Mm. Not every artist can pull that off, <laughs> but she is able to, you know, sway her fans. I think she has that kind of pull to say to them, hey, don't listen anymore to that older version. Go check out my new one. Yes. And they would do what she says, you know, which is pretty exceptional. Okay, well, she's created, of course, Taylor Swift, a huge empire. It's big business. But what do you think, Serona, this says about us, about society, when one person can become so big, can become so influential, can change the course of an economy? You could take a couple of things away from it. I think it says something good about our humanity in that the stories of one woman storyteller can relate to the experiences of so many others. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of a really famous quote by Maya Angelou, where, you know, she was saying we are more alike than we are unalike, mm -hmm. right? If Taylor wasn't telling stories that were something so many people could relate to, she wouldn't have the power and influence she has. And the fact that she does is um, demonstrates just how alike we all are, right? Which is, is a good thing, perhaps, for our humanity to realize that we are more alike than we are unalike. Mm -hmm. She achieved this over a, a good amount of time with one story at a time, connecting with one person at a time. Yeah, and of course, she's one of the richest women in America, in the world. We know she's popular and rich, but what influence does she have with her fans when it comes to things like politics? What does she actually stand for? Well, I think she's been very 
cautious um, in how she's spoken out, not create more divisiveness, not alienate people, but to instead try to stand up for things that she really believes are like human rights type issues that really should be things that we're uniting around. Mm. She's realizing there's some things that she just can't stand by and not say something about because they're just too upsetting and too important. Generally speaking, you know, her comments politically have been more in favor of one particular party than another here in the U.S. Mm. But I think she's not trying to shift, you know, a huge population to saying up and down every single ticket, you should vote this way. I think she takes a stand on issues. And what do you think? Can she possibly get any bigger? (laughs) don't know. How could she? How could she? But then how could she not? I have to imagine that there is more music in the future and I can't see how, you know, she would start losing fans, right? They, they just keep growing. Absolutely. And for those of us who missed out on tickets, it's dancing in the cinema for us. <laughs> exactly. I have not done that yet. I can't see myself doing it. But anyway. I, I have done that once before. And I really do think you do feel like uh, you can feel a lot like you're at a concert with the right group of people in that theatre. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Serona Elton is the director of the Music Industry Program at the University of Miami. This episode was produced by Nell Whitehead, Sam Dunn and Anna John, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Bridget Fitzgerald. Over the weekend, look out for the If You're Listening podcast with Matt Bevan, where he'll be looking at how the Hamas attack caught Israel by surprise. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again on Monday. Thanks for listening.